0: Hey everyone, my name is Tammy and welcome to the newest episode of 100% Unapologetic. Hey guys, welcome back to 100% Unapologetic, and happy Monday to y'all. It's a new day, new week, and here's a Monday motivational quote for all of us to start this week. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And this quote has a lot to do with the theme of this episode. And here we are today, we got TK in the house, Tom's Kim right here with us. He is the co-founder of the Inertia Network and the host of the Inertia Network podcast tk is a great friend of mine he's my brother you know we went to high school together and i know this is gonna be a great episode with you tk
1: yeah it's great to uh be on tag i'm really excited to be able to share in conversation with you you know uh it's always great seeing your friends and especially during this time seeing your friends do uh pursue what they enjoy and pursue their creative outlets and so i'm excited to be on the podcast and excited to share in conversation with you
0: whenever we catch up i feel like our conversations tend to revolve around the topics of self-awareness pursuit of happiness and pursuing our passion. And those things seem to be our main interest in our conversations. Whenever we meet up after a long time, uh, TK would always prove to me that distance shouldn't be an obstacle when it comes to human connection. And the bond that we have comes from a place where we exchange our personal experiences without judgment, uh, showing vulnerability, and be accepting of our similarities and differences. I'm sure our listeners are very curious about who you are. So uh, why not tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, first, all, I want to just say, you know, it's always, I'm always happy to be here and always talk to you. I think every time we meet, we always have great conversations. And in the end, when we look back, um, that's the those are the things that are gonna be the most important, and the, the the quality of the relationship that you build with other people. And so I'm always happy to talk and always happy to be here. And I think In terms of, like, what I'm doing, it's interesting because, like, I've spent the last three years building a company with some friends. And, you know, we create travel experiences uh, to some very remote places and vulnerable communities. But with the current situation, COVID and corona, COVID-corona, getting on a plane is virtually impossible. And so it's really made us reflect and... I guess, shift in, in, in our mentality towards building the business. And so for me, one of the things that I've always been wanting to do, and so one of the things that I've been building right now, has been a podcast, like you, what you're doing, This, which is why this is like a great experience to be on the other end, where the whole idea is talking to people that have their own, uh, that are doing interesting things in their lives, that are doing things that I believe go down a different road, a road less taken, and they have a very specific mindset, I found, generally, these people. And so what I'd like to explore is that mindset, and I can explore their philosophies, and I like to explore what inspires them. So maybe through those things, um, in a personal, le- personal lens, I can learn from it and grow myself, but also share those conversations with other people so that they might take something inspirational from it. But outside of that, like, I can't say that I have much going on, you know, like we're still just trying to survive as a company. You know, it's not it's everyone's hurting right now. So um, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: So what are some of the uh, projects and traveling plans that you and your friends are working on these days, especially during this COVID situation? I understand that uh, traveling seems impossible. But I know that you guys are working on something. Yeah,
1: so we have like a lot of projects going on, you know, I think something we're, our, our team is really strong at is ideating and thinking about the type of projects we want to be doing. Uh, so some of the, the projects we have going on that we're building towards, well, the first first one of them is this project called Pyongyang Cup, which is a sports and cultural exchange um, that's kind of based around this social experiment of how can you build empathy through sport. And so we're, our plan is to take a group of hockey players from North America or Europe and take them to North Korea, where we're going to put them in mixed teams where they can play together, they can mingle and realistically use sport as a vehicle to connect with each other. And that's what the that's the project that we had planned and we were launching, but we had to postpone because of COVID. Another one would be we have these, um, we're, we're planning these two documentary workshops where we have this photojournalist that's worked uh, for the UN um, come along with us and where he's going to be really his name is Giles Clark he does a lot of work in frontline conflict zones and post-conflict zones and the idea is we want to take him to Yemen and Afghanistan where we can kind of use photojournalism as a way to give uh, the people an opportunity living in these places the opportunity to share their stories and also the people that are going to like be able to be the facilitator of sharing those stories. One of like the interesting thing about the project is we're looking to bring, we're looking to sponsor one student that lives in each of these countries, uh, Yemen and Afghanistan, to kind of follow us through our journey and get mentorship from Giles. And so we also want to fund them, uh, fund their camera gear, so they can, you know, kind of get launched in this idea of photojournalism and what does that look like and give a person within the country their own voice. Other projects really are more so like wildlife, the one that I would say we have coming up next, um, all things staying equal and the world not shutting down further is this trip to French Polynesia where we swim with whales. The interesting thing about that project is it's really all about ecotourism, bringing people back into the communities, giving the communities um, a sustainable income route. And realistically, I think for me, and what I would hope to bring and allow for people is this idea that you share the planet with more than just yourself. You share the planet with creatures and wildlife. And it's, it's sometimes as difficult as a person to recognize that because we usually only see in the lens of other people uh, because that's who we are. And when you're in the water and you're swimming with a like a 20-foot whale who could easily kill you if it had the intent to do so, um, but you just share eye contact and you like swim with, the, swim with them and you play with them and you realize that this is a very intelligent, empathetic animal and it has its own like personality, it has its own feeling and that you are direct you have direct impact to them through your actions. And I think by getting people in the water and sharing those experiences with the whales, um, we create a, an opportunity for people to kind of really change. Because one of the things that I'm hoping through these projects that we create is individuals that aren't just looking at issues. And it's almost like a fleeting thought. You know, a lot of the times we have, we, we choose to care about something after seeing something that makes us upset or emotional, and it doesn't last. It doesn't it doesn't carry on much further than a week or a month. And it's not real um, advocacy, but I think that when you get someone to have a real personal and intimate experience, where they share stories with other people, um, the environment or, or, or wildlife, you allow for those people to truly connect, and then decide that I'm going to help solve this problem help be a person that will continuously advocate to help solve this problem. So yeah, those are the kind of the, couple of the things we're doing. We have other projects lined up, uh, but those are the ones that personally excite me the most.
0: So I kind of want to dive into the work that you've been working with the Inertia Network. And um, yeah, I find your mission very interesting because you guys often talk about breaking your inertia and overcome it by shifting your perspective. I think that really resonates with the whole traveling experience because oftentimes when we travel to a very unfamiliar place that we've never been before, so sometimes we would experience some sort of cultural shock or we would often encounter beliefs, values, cultural practices that challenge our comfort zone. And whenever we encounter such challenges, it's a good time to practice self-awareness and reflect on the roots of our actions and why we do things we do in our culture in our country but why is it different in another country so we learn to respect and empathize people who are different from us especially those who are vulnerable i do think that it's extremely inspiring that you guys are offering travel experiences that are very humbling inclusive and reflective and yeah i would say the whole traveling experience that the inertia network is able to offered are leaning towards that um we over me experience so we have a better sense of connection with the planet self and people so by having that unique experience all of us will be even more capable of connecting our behaviors with our planet so that we would reflect on the things that we should or should not do in order to eliminate the harms that we are doing to our planet but anyway, I really want you to share with us about the process of creating the Inertia Network, um, how it started, and all that good stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, um, to kind of explain that, I guess, I got to, it's a really long, I, you know, the process is the type of thing where it's, it, it just, it never ends, right? Um, like for myself, I can tell you from my lens how this started, and I'm sure that if you talk to any of the other co-founders, they would give you their 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 um, anecdotes and their viewpoint on it. But for myself, I had just come out of BCIT and uh, I had done an internship with these four people, four amazing people. Um, And what ended up happening was I left for Europe because I got a, a really Unreal opportunity to study abroad for a bit. And I came back and um, my internship before Europe was great. It was an amazing experience. I got to, I felt like so, a lot of the breaking inertia and a lot of the sh- perspective shifting was happening for me because of the ideas that was kind of in, that was introduced uh, into my life. And what happened was I came back and I wanted to work with these guys again, but unfortunately they decided to do two different things. So I went and worked with, um, two other people who, but two of them who are starting to build up their marketing company and continue school, uh, in that time I re-met with the other two and it ended up that they were looking to build something. They weren't sure what that thing was, but they wanted to build something. And for me, the idea of building something together from the ground up, instead of helping instead of like just being in a marketing company where uh, they've already built it and then I'm just applying more um, things to help it grow, I was more interested in the process of creating it from scratch. And so I helped them. And eventually what happened was that I decided that I need to take more of a commitment towards it. So I left that job and I started building the company with these people, which are some of my closest friends now. At first, we had no clue what we were doing. Uh, that's the reality of it. Everyone has a background, everyone has a skill. Um, my one other partners, Matt, uh, he's extremely talented in location management and he's been working in NGOs. He's had a nonprofit or not, not a nonprofit, an NGO in North Korea for over 10 years. He's not doing anymore, but he's been to North Korea 15 times. So he has a lot of expertise in traveling and building these experiences. Um, and we were trying to figure out what we we're going to do, what we we're going to create. And we had this idea of becoming this affiliate network where, do you know affiliate networks for like makeup where they, or fashion where they partner with influencers and then they sell like goods and products through the influencers? yeah so uh we were doing an uh, affiliate network that sells uh the makeup and fashion and so we were thinking how can we do that for travel and we started we were we we to do that you have to get um quote unquote influencers and so we need to build a roster so the plan was was to use the trip create a trip as a marketing marketing to get that person interested in joining our network but what ended up happening is we ran the first trip we ran the second trip and we realized you know we were just following an ideal of this idea of like entrepreneur creates a tech company like makes millions of dollars and when we really sat down and thought about it none of us cared about those things i mean it, it has to do with travel in the sense that like the th- the, the topic is travel, right? It's like if you had someone and you were like selling camping gear through that person and then we would take a cut of that. But those things didn't matter to us because in the end, I realized that the, every person on the team is driven by mission and driven by wanting to care about something and selling products, none of us cared about, at least in the in the, in the lens of which we were going at it. And so we start creating experiences and like for me, so it's like a two-part equation, right? For me, this whole process has been very transformative for myself. And a lot of ways what we're trying to do in this company, I look at myself as like a case study for what the company is trying to do. Um, because the person that I was before I started building the company and the person that I am now, is just night and day. And so I wanted to... See if it was possible to help people through that transformation, through the shifting of their perspectives, and to care more, and to be more compassionate, be more conscientious, and be more um, just better people to the planet, and just like a global consciousness. And that stuff interests me, and that's why I love seeing people follow what they're passionate about. That's why I love seeing people talk about um, what they're doing and and really just trying things that are different. But for myself, for, for, for the other people, for Matt, um, he cares a lot more about helping well, communities and helping create sustainable tourism and helping build connection and preserving vulnerable communities, whether that be wildlife that are, or um, places like North Korea or Yemen or Afghanistan, where you know it, it is really ravaged by conflict. And so how do you help the people there? And so it's like it's a two-part thing because if the people can't change and people don't shift their perspectives and people don't feel connected, then they'll never carry through with caring about these places. And so you have to do both sides. And that's kind of like eventually what it became. And so the idea in the long-term is how do you create a community of people like this that want to go on these experiences that care about each other, that care about the planet, and then eventually create, in my mind, what would be like a movement to, to just be of support to any vulnerable community, any vulnerable place, any, and even vulnerable people, and choosing to do more good in the world than to be self-centered, which is, I think, a problem that we have.
0: Whenever I think about traveling, it's always a very egocentric experience. I think one of the reasons why we do that is because our individualistic culture or society um, instill us to indulge in ourselves and oftentimes we forget that this is our privilege and it's easy to take advantage of our daily routines and that the system doesn't really teach us to become a more like a collectivist citizen I would say Um, and I think that one of the reasons why it's easy to fall back to that cycle of not becoming a not collectivistic I would say maybe um, a global citizen like why is it easy to fall back to the routine of being just a bystander and think that you don't have any power to change and I think one of the reasons why is because we don't oftentimes question enough why we make good and bad decisions for us for ourselves and our community. I think, you know, your experience of having peers and your colleagues that are supportive of each other, it's a good type of friendship that we all should have or we should aim to have being with a community like that pushes you to make better decisions as a group and oftentimes when I think about peer pressure right when we make decisions for others and ourselves um peer pressure really comes handy when it comes to bad decisions I feel like well I think that peer pressure is bad because it teaches us to care about a cause that maybe isn't even out of our interest or it's against our own will right in order to fit in with the crowd and uh having people to agree with what we do or what we say yeah and self-reflection and self-awareness are I think probably few of the things that are the most difficult things to do and the process is never linear and because our world is full of distractions and it really distracts us to make the best decision for everything around us and behaving or thinking the way we do that ultimately helps us to achieve authenticity, right? So peer pressure, um yeah, makes us indulge in very inauthentic decisions or lifestyles and I feel like whenever there's peer pressure, uh, people tend to blindly follow conformity and, and that you're kind of like a watered down version of somebody else. But I think that when you guys uh create travel experiences that you know help the community help us to not indulge in ourselves but to invest in the connections that we can make with our peers or strangers that we just met or even mother nature in general
1: oh yeah i I think um yeah and the way that i look at it is very if we don't decide to question Um, the peer pressure is like something that comes from so many different angles, right? It's, it's whether it's society, whether it's our parents or family or friends, um, it's this idea of like what we believe that they want for us. And usually it's rooted in a good place. And sometimes it's not, but I think that if you take a step back and ask yourself at the end of the day, these decisions are ones that I have to make. And that I have to live with, wouldn't it be better if I could make those decisions? out of a place of authenticity and a place of compassion and love and empathy instead of fear ego and trying to become something that you're really not and so i think that's just what's really important and i think you know when i say all these things in this like podcast to you it's it's like i'm I'm not saying them in a way where i'm exempt from it i'm as much as part of like societal pressure um being impacted uh, to do things that I don't know I necessarily want to do but I do I am trying to make the effort to be self-aware and change myself uh, when I think it's getting too bad and so and being always reflective and always self-conscious about what's going on with myself and my mindset and I think that's the least you can do that's, that's what we should aim for, because no one's going to be perfect, and no one's going to do this at 100% efficiency, and no one's going to be, like, we're not going to suddenly create, not everyone's going to become Buddha, right? It's like, we all have our things, we all have our problems, all our issues and our traumas, or and whatever that might manifest into, it's just about putting in the effort.
0: So yeah, I just want to dive more into your personal experience when it comes to breaking your own inertia. You know, you maybe tell us a little bit more about the times that you were unwilling to change for better, whether it's being with the right crowd or pursuing your passion and why by that time you weren't ready to step out of your comfort zone and the process of really breaking your inertia. So yeah, I,
1: I, I think that a lot of what inertia is, and, and, and moving away from the company and, like, why it, it, we call ourselves inertia, is like, I think that there is a subconscious force that exists within all of us um, that is built by society, that's built by, um, yeah, in essence, society. You know, like, I think that parents, family, friends, uh, like, work, these are all subsets of society. But there's, like, an expectation of how you should behave, an expectation of what you should want, an expectation of, like, who you need to be. Um you know, like you should be you should be finished school by 23 you should be working at a job by and then like at 30 you should get married and have a family and then buy a house and then do the house things and get to 80 and you die like it's just that's what I, what I kind of perceive in like the most basic generic version of what society kind of expects from you and there's some of the underlying belief that we have that we have to just accept that. And that's kind of like what I believe inertia is. And the whole idea is, and I think that's kind of the root of the idea of this shift, I think, that we're seeing in people nowadays. And I think that's why um, I believe that it's happening. And I believe that people are becoming more conscious and people are becoming more in tune with what they, what they want and, and in tune with their authenticity. And so... I think one of the fastest routes to that and one of the way that I guess that we're trying to do it is through experience. Um, but for myself, I can give you an example. When I, decide, when I decided to go to BCIT, I was, not a, I was in a bad place. I think that I just was frustrated with where I was in my life, frustrated with my lack of achievement, frustrated with like this idea that you know, I have a potential that I have inside of me, but I've never lived up to it. Wherever, where the fuck that came from, I don't know. But all of these things, right? Um, I think that, uh, and as a, as I'm not, the, I'm not making enough money. You know, these are all things I think that are deeply rooted in a being an Asian, being in the Asian culture, the idea that money is extremely valuable and the money is almost an equivalency of status um, and base. That's one half. The other half, I think, is, you know, I think that if you're a boy in Asian culture and, like, the only son, there's an expectation, right, because eventually that you're supposed to take care of your parents. Um, not to say that those aren't things that I plan on, I, I plan on not, I, I, it's not that I plan on not doing those things, but the thing is, is that you never question it because it's an expectation. It's what your family expects of you. and the status thing and the making money thing and so these are all things that you're going to weigh on your mind because you're raised in that environment and so that's what i mean i was in a and it wasn't in a good place and i was doing something that i i told myself that i wanted to do but it was i knew deep down that it was a lie but i was just doing it because it was better than doing nothing but i chose at that moment i was like no this is like really bad um i'm not in a good place mentally and i'm not in a good place for even in the career sense, I wasn't in a good place in my trajectory. So I just decided, like, I was, I decided one summer, I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna go to school. I don't care where it is. I'm just gonna pick a school. I'm gonna go. And so I just ended up applying to BCIT. I got in. I mean, it's not hard to get into BCIT for my program. You know, it's not like a particularly like gated. It's not like the. It's not like Harvard, right? It's not. It's 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 just a, that's just the reality of it but it doesn't it doesn't discount the quality of education right it's like still a good school it's still like great instructors right it's not and there's programs at bsat that are extremely difficult to get into right because they are coveted and they are they show results and so like i never i i believe in bsat i believe that it's a great school and i think that people who are like trying to figure out something in their life bsat is a great place to go um but the stigma and like the perspective on T, it's just there and you can't really like it just exists and people look a lot of people look down on it but the reality is is that i think the quality of education is amazing i think there's amazing instructors there's shitty instructors too but that's in any school you're going to have both and so i went to school and then i and then i was like you know trying my best and always working hard and like Eventually I did my internship and I, like I said earlier, I got into that. Uh, I, I met those people who then kind of like introduced me to like a different train of thinking, you know, cause my goal at BCIT was to be like, I'm going to work hard, get a good job and get paid a lot. <laughs> cause that's that, like, as an Asian person, you don't think about much more than that. Right. Yeah. are Like, unless you, unless someone's saying, unless they, unless someone else has like really like interjected and shown you a different path. Like that's the road. The road is go to school, make a lot of money, take care of your parents and live your life somewhere in between, but, and have a family, whatever. But that's the path. And so when I'm, when I started doing these things, one of the examples I would give is the very first trip that I went on was probably the most impactful trip for me because not only did I see a lot of things. Um, experience a lot of connection and like feel like extremely grateful and lucky to be in this place. But if you think of it objectively, when I started doing this and the work that we're doing, it makes no sense of why I'm doing it. Um, let's just say, for example, of that trip, I have never been it was to Peru and Bolivia. Yeah, so the Peru trip was after it uh, was when I started building the company, right? So twenty eighteen is like my first trip, like as like one of the the second trip as a as a company. And so I went, um, obviously with someone else who was like much more experienced. But like I I was like it made no sense for me to be there. Like I don't speak Spanish. I've never been to South America, and you know, it's the reality is is like I'm not the person that's going to be leading a hike. You know, it's just it's just not. I, I'm just not going to be the person to do that. And so it doesn't make sense for me objectively why I was there. But the thing is, is that like, when I talked to people about it, I talked to people that I was with, they told me that how, that my, me being there was a benefit to them and me being there did add value to them. And it's this like idea of the self-doubt that you have, the reasons why you shouldn't do it always are going to come to the forefront. But if you, like, lean into, if, if you just, like, say, you know, like, fuck that, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace the, this uncertainty, and not listen to what society tells me, then you unlock another level of yourself that you didn't even know existed, and so that would be, like, the, one of the biggest examples I would give you of, like, how I personally have, like, Um, broke my inertia and that has been a case study for me and something that I'm constantly trying to do and like when something makes me uncomfortable I try to move towards it because it's where you're going to find your most growth and I don't do it perfectly I don't get it wrong I always I do a lot of stumbling and like sometimes I fall back into comfort but I always just try to take some time to reflect on it and and change that And if I can't do it, I have really amazing people around me that help me do it, too, and help me reflect and keep me accountable. And so, like, I'm lucky and I have a lot of gratitude for that. But that's a a really long winded way of me answering your question.
0: And then after high school, we were all separated in our own ways. Right. So we're all exploring our paths. We're all trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. And we're still doing that because I feel like the more you practice with your self-awareness, like the things that you're aware of, like, how do I feel about, you know, going back to school? How do I feel like having this nine-to-five job? How do I feel like the relationship I have right now with my family and my friends and even my partner? All these things. I think whenever you practice that, when you dive into how you feel about the decisions that you make for yourself, for your life uh, internally and externally for for yourself and for other people, in general, the more you are willing to become an aware person, like there will be higher chances for you to make better decisions because you reflect on the decisions that you make that would affect you in the long run. So the amount of oppression that we have to go through as Asians, You know, finding your path here, uh, finding a voice, having a sense of self-awareness is so difficult because your family is a big part of you. Of course, you know, like our families, they came here for a long period of time, but they still have some sort of uh, traditional values, right? Uh, When it comes to your career, like as you said, you're like the only, uh, you're not the only child, you have a sister, but you have, but you're like the only son. So being a son in Asian culture is extremely important in the family. You're like the breadwinner. You're expected to take care of the family, not not just financially, but also uh, when it comes to like being caring, the caretaker. I think this is really interesting because when it comes to being an Asian woman in a household, especially if you are an only child like myself, uh... I do see that my family, they do really give me a lot of freedom and time uh, to find my way, to pursue my passion and giving me that chance to find my voice. So oftentimes when I listen to, uh, you know, my friends like yourself and even my dad or even um, even my husband who, who would from time to time talk to me about the cultural expectation of how Asian men are more likely to be pressured to fit into that to that standardized uh, slash generic formula of life uh, to you know do well in school, uh, go to university, get a really high paid job, and be married by thirty, have kids by whatever time, and then do the house thing and be a man and and uh, yeah, I do feel like compared to Asian women, let's just say that it's harder for Asian men to challenge their inertia and to pursue what they actually want to do based on all these cultural expectations and family expectations. Back in the days when I was in high school, I thought I was never good enough because in my mind, okay, from, from what I've been told from the society, from what I've been told from my family, from my peers, and even the whole culture of being an education system, I think the system the system has always been brainwashing us to think that being smart has to do with uh, books. You gotta be book smart. If you get into honor roll, you're more likely to get into a good university. When you graduate, you're gonna get a great job. You're gonna make a lot of money. But it doesn't work that way. There's no right formula of life. There's no the standard formula doesn't applies to everybody because we're all different.
1: Well, I think I, I think that the the problem with like with the schooling system at least is that uh, again it's it's based in the thing is is like i don't think the school school has really changed significantly in its structure since it's uh in the last 50 to 80 years right it's kind of like been the same and it, it's never i guess like the school or the system never has really had the self awareness to like adapt and grow and recognize that like you said that intelligence is so multifaceted, but like for simplicity's sake, we choose to only look at one because we believe that that is what's going to drive us economically. Um, and I don't know, I can't offer up a solution at this moment of what it could be better, but what I can say is that I believe that there are so many things in school that aren't taught that I hope as we get older and like, if I have a child or you have a child that they'll be able to learn in school, whether that be, you know, mindfulness, whether that be, you know, promoting entrepreneurship, whether that be, you know, promoting self-worth. What, I, I don't have an answer, but there are so many aspects of learning and that we don't do for people um, that are in the education system, especially at a young age, that if we had done those things, imagine how much better of a society we'd be in. And I think that takes a lot of reform, it takes a lot of like reflection, but I hope that eventually we are in a system where we celebrate everyone for their different styles of intelligence, whether that be interpersonal, whether that be like physical intelligence, whether that be you know still celebrating people that are book smart and or celebrating people that are great at being with other people and like communicating. These are all things that are extremely valuable. We just have to find ways to celebrate each and every one of them.
0: Um, one, one of the people who inspired me so much is my dad because my dad he never attended university he graduated just from high school uh that was like a long time ago he's almost in his uh 70s this guy's still learning every day
1: your dad does not look like he's in his almost
0: 70s. yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> your dad does not look like he's 70 your dad looks like he's straight up at least like at most and it's been last time i saw him at the wedding i was like he's yeah, like this is like
0: He's not an old dude. I think one of the reasons why he looked the way he looks right now is because he got that hunger to, you know, learn and to use what he got. Skills that he acquired to help people around him. And uh, he told me. He told me so many times. He was like, you know, like a dad. Your dad's not that type of guy who's like a, a book smart person. And I know you're not that too, but you know, intelligence goes beyond just books. As time goes by, we learn that intelligence can mean a lot of things. It can mean creativity, imagination, even interpersonal communication skills are really important as well when it comes to intelligence and um yeah i think as you said we we should uh our system is lacking that type of celebration of uh praising people who got different talents and abilities
1: like unless you say creative root really interesting is because it's hard to measure it's hard to measure the economic value of like creativity right but the thing is is that like creativity is such a beautiful thing it makes it makes life interesting and so i think that that's why because we don't understand how to measure it it's difficult for us to celebrate it but when we do celebrate it we celebrate it a lot you know whether that be like our artists or whatnot but that path of becoming that people don't understand and i think we just tend to move away from the things that we don't understand and and, and and be afraid of things we don't understand. But I think that if we just acknowledge that like the more we move into the unknown, the more space we give ourselves for, for amazing things to happen, the more amazing things w- we'll get out of life and the more amazing things that we'll output. And if we output amazing things, then everyone else gets to appreciate amazing things.
0: So we are wrapping up this episode but don't worry this is only part one and don't forget to stay tuned for next week's episode where we will continue with this and please give us a review on apple and google Podcasts. and also don't forget to share this episode with your loved ones thank you for checking out this podcast and make sure you hit subscribe for more upcoming content don't forget to stay tuned for the next episode and bye for now